Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Zach. This is Stuart. Ah, I nailed it that time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was like grade A. Yeah, yeah. That, that was like you know, we were almost like it, it was when we were uh, sitting together on a couch. On a couch. Gosh, that was the days. I was actually remembering back to like our first interview when we had like that really bad setup and we couldn't like figure it out. So we're just like, we'll just call them on the phone and then we'll record the phone I'll just, and then record oh, yeah. I'll us. Just put it on speaker and then, yeah. <laughs> oh, how we have progressed from those times. Yeah. Well, technology's caught up because we've been doing yeah. this a while. This is year seven, I think. Is it? Yeah. Wow. I did not. Gosh, time. And then three of those are recorded digitally. So yeah, I mean, you know, COVID did uh did put some restraints on us. Yeah. Which, speaking of world-ending things, uh, we're we're here to talk about a book. Yeah, <laughs> a book about diseases too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Look we're talking segue. about the uh, nineteen forty nine novel by George R. Stewart called Earth Abides. Or the dude abides. The dude abides. <laughs> I thought you would have a um, like a little, like a subtitle. Yeah, not not this time. <laughs> no, nah, not this time. I, <laughs> this one was too depressing for me to uh, try and and make light of. I think I. Uh, uh, yeah, I had never read this before. I saw it recommended. Um, if you like post apocalyptic fiction, and it is definitely post-apocalyptic fiction yeah um, it's uh yeah so so it uh you know it, it actually won the inaugural um international fantasy award and yeah i mean it has quite a few accolades yeah it's it's uh it's an award-winning book it's it's well regarded um you know stephen king said that it was a direct inspiration for him to write the stand yeah, which um, I can see. Yeah, I can see. Which, you, you know, the um, and and apocalyptic science fiction was was more so just like this is fairly new in the life cycle of of fiction that came out. Like there was stuff that came out before it. Like I was looking online, and um, if you don't count whatever book of the Bible Noah is, um, mm. in terms of of like fictional novels and things uh mary shelley wrote a book called the last man in 1826 that has is the last man on earth um kind of keeping a journal after like a plague has wiped out everyone yeah and then uh jack london in 1912 had written the scarlet plague which is about a plague um and it's it's funny a lot of the stuff from like the cold war era focuses on like fallout like it, like fallout the game you know like a nuclear exchange yeah well i mean when devastation and the threat of the world ending is right at your front door it's it's definitely a thought experiment yeah well like the the interesting thing with this is that it's like it's post war but i wouldn't call 49 like i I think technically 49 is part of like the cold war quote unquote, but like, mm -hmm. I always think of that as being like 1950 to like 1991 or 92 or whatever. Um, yeah. So it, this came out like in a very specific sliver of like right after world war two, right before the cold war. So it's not really focused on um, like a nuclear fallout or nuclear disaster. It's, just literally a you know a play, a pandemic happens <laughs> yeah yeah it's the story of survivors surviving yeah and i mean i think it's it's a really good and you know a lot of these authors use this space to kind of have that like thought experiment of yeah. what exactly would society look like if if we were in this situation or if we lost some of our are things that we take for granted, you know, running water, access to electricity, things along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting that, um, so like the main character in this, 
is Isaac. he's a gra- uh ish yeah ish, um, ish, yeah yeah he um he's a, a graduate student focused on i forget i think it's like anthropology um mm-hmm. let me let me look it up let's see nope wrong i was it's, it's geography he's ah. just uh he's skilled at getting along because it's geography it's it's a lot of like back roads and and whatnot um where he's he's camping and he's dazed from civilization or whatever yeah um which i think is an interesting little detail that he's like he's a, a student like he's just learned these skills that that he's had to you know come to rely on in the course of his studies but he's not like you know a traveling salesman or or you know a salary man in the city or whatnot like yeah um, he's a little bit more equipped yeah which i mean we we've kind of seen that like when when we were reading um i am legend like the guy who's just he's a former executive he's he's an alcoholic who's just kind of doing experiments in his garage yeah um but um yeah the so so the the general structure of the book is one that i actually kind of like um where it it starts out really really thick and dense and then it it gets smaller as it goes yeah and and maybe that's because ish gets older and older yeah um and things you know as as you get older things don't become as detailed and they get a little foggy yeah yeah well and and that's what i liked is is that it's not it's not first person but but because of how it's written how it's it's dense and it goes more vague and foggy as it as it goes forward like you said it's it's like mimicking his mind state or his Mm -hmm. his his memory um because so so like the the first section that kind of chronicles the collapse of everything uh, the fall of civilization kind of starts sprinkling the seeds for how he's going to start rebuilding. Um, you know, he, he kind of goes on a road trip because gasoline has not like degraded at all. So he can kind of drive, kind of check out uh, where, because, because he starts out just outside of the um, Sierra Nevadas, I think, or what's in California. I think in California. Yeah. Yeah. So like he, he goes to, uh berkeley and then i think he drives all the way doesn't he drive to like new york or maine yeah he goes yeah which is really funny to me because the um there's nothing that really describes any sort of like road blockages or anything yeah like yeah it's just like you you don't and maybe it's a consequence of the time that it was written but it um it has this thing where all of the like more graphic stuff is just kind of obscured and and doesn't exist Mm -hmm. so like he never really comes across like corpses and cars and having to like push traffic out of the way so he can like yeah it's it's not like a stand in any sort of way yeah yeah exactly where where you see like um because as a like a apocalypse um story you really don't get to see like too much of the the gruesome or the yeah. more gruesome side of um of human nature you just see more of like the deterioration of um of like the civil structure of the um you know the structure that was put in where we become more like hunter gatherers rather than like people who stay in these large cities because the large cities have the amenities um because i believe like the first thing to go is like electricity mm-hmm. when um he because it's interesting after the road trip he kind of has this realization that he like kind of wasted some of his time yeah yeah because he was like oh maybe i should just like try to procreate because there was this decline in um in um population because of this this disease yeah the disease that was kind of like the uh, 
syphilis, not syphilis, the mumps maybe? What, what did I have in mind? Yeah, measles? The measles, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, it's, it's very interesting because like, you could sort of see this kind of happening. Yeah, I mean, people did have exposure parties with measles a few years ago. Well, I mean, not measles in particular. <laughs> no, I but just I mean, meant like, be, more... people being willing to, like, ignore um, illnesses, and it just spread out of control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and it's... So, it's interesting because part of me can sort of, like, see this, but then part of me thinks that, like, I don't think civilization would decline at a rate that it declined in this book. Because no, it I was agree. like his grandkids were, were pretty much like, we're using bows and arrows now, and we're, like, gathering berries and shooting deer. Yeah. And I don't think that... Um, people would abandon and deteriorate, not deteriorate, but like regress to that um, level. Yeah, like I don't, it doesn't translate one-to-one like in a modern context for sure, because like if we if we think of it being like so part two is 22 years after the thing happens. If we assume that it happens in 1949, that's 1971 and then you're going into the early millennium with people that have never had any of the like technological breakthroughs so like like based on the time period in which it was written that might have been true i I don't think that it would happen like that today yeah i just i don't think that um that the infrastructure that we have kind of set up. Yeah. Um, and again, like, I'm not sure exactly what the infrastructure was at that particular year, yeah. but I just don't think that it would end up um, uh, breaking down that fast. Like, we would still have those, like, pipelines, those power plants, you know, things along those lines that yes there's a um decline in population but like those things are still functional i don't think people would just be abandoning those things being like well we don't have enough people to run it uh let's move out of you know the city i think enough people would be like well i we can give it a shot we can try i i've never you know ran a power plant but boy do i like electricity or, like, I don't know how to, like, run a pump station, but, boy, do I enjoy, like, running water. Yeah. So it, it feels like it doesn't feel realistic to me. And, again, maybe this is just a product of me living in the era that we live right now. But, like, yeah, I don't think people would be that quick to abandon. Like, let's say if there was a, a war and these... Um, commodities were destroyed like yeah that would be a lot difficult to or more difficult to like rebuild a a pump station yeah but the pump you know it was a disease that wiped out the majority of people and those stations are still functional they just don't have either the people who were uh who had the training to run those things but like I'm on the the side that people are ingenuitous, where given a a tough situation, people learn and figure things out. So that's where I was kind of coming at. So it was kind of just hard to. to yeah, I feel that. like the timeline on this is condensed, but you know, again, and maybe I that's because it's like a more trying to write for a story yeah because i mean uh, but on the other hand but you're yeah it's a book like you know you can and 
because the author was fine doing like time jumps and they did a 22 year time jump like they yeah did a and then it longer. got a long jump <laughs> well i mean ish was still around yeah so i mean it couldn't be that yeah but like well, by, but then people news, like, I, I just mean that like he like in in the the section it starts off and it's just like oh yeah he's suddenly an old man he doesn't know how old he is he doesn't know where he is. yeah <laughs> you know and he's, like he's still alive but he's he's kind of exists in a fog <laughs> yeah but like the kids like his grandkids have this like taboo against technology and it's like it's only two generations technology is you know they're still like i'm sure they're still buildings and other like things that are technology based it's it, it, I, I don't think people would forget technology that quickly so it it depends on if the buildings and stuff are being maintained because like again i don't know how how stable the power grid was in 1949 mm -hmm. um but i know like the buildings and stuff by the time his great grandkids are running around like a lot of them would have been like wooden or brick structures the brick structures would still be okay but like the the like mass-produced buildings and stuff of like 1949 era like those would be falling apart <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, but I think, like i, I don't like think they would fall apart in like in like a couple of decades because you know my parents house was made in like 1930s and like yeah, but there's some yeah they, they keep them they keep it like you know upkept but like it's made out of bricks like you know, it's not like they had to rebuild a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's always been someone living in it. Like, if there's, if you go from hundreds of thousands of people to, like, 50, like, not all those buildings are going to be safe. So, like, I can kind of see them having a taboo uh, around, like, don't go near the old stuff. Like, that stuff is... I, I just... Because, like, I, the reason they use bows is the... um the 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 cartridges for guns don't don't fire like they'll they'll either misfire or the cap won't go off yeah but like i feel like with with that yes the, you know with mechanical on um like i don't know too much about guns but i assume that's somewhat normal but yeah, a lot of yeah, our, our stuff is eventually. yeah a lot of our stuff is like i just don't think that people would be that quick to abandon and i don't think it would be like breaking down that badly yeah but that's just i guess more of my personal opinion than anything else yeah i mean it i i, I think it depends on the community too because like i could see you know yeah like we're in a big city and let's say you know the majority of the population uh passed because of a disease or something along those lines i think a lot of people would kind of not leave the city and band together or try to like you know keep stuff running um just because of necessity and out of um, convenience but that could be my positive yeah, I mean, outlook in life yeah, i mean potentially the i think the the real problems would start when um the grocery stores don't get their shipments of food anymore yes and you know <laughs> but that would be kind of mitigated a little bit by the decrease of population where well, no, i'm just talking about in terms of things being shipped yeah like, yeah yeah the 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 way the um like that's why there was a toilet paper shortage initially is is the the way that like supply chain um and th this is very boring but i i because because like I, I was reading an article uh right around I mean, the, this is, the first this start is what... of the pandemic where like 
they're like, yeah, the way that the supply side economics works and that the supply chain works is that, that, you know, well, people... and there was also like a run on, you know, toilet paper as well. There was, but like, so, so because people were working from home, the stores didn't order as much, um, like like home based toilet paper, but like there was still plenty of commercial grade toilet paper available. Like you could just go mm-hmm. to whoever makes it and get that. But there was a run on it because they're like, okay, so normally people order this much per store, so this is how much we're going to ship per store. Mm-hmm. And then people were working from home and they needed way more home based t- toilet paper, and they're like, well, we're fucked. <laughs> we don't have yeah. enough. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think yeah people would have to like start finding alternate ways for food but i feel like a lot of like the infrastructure that's already been placed the wires that have been laid the pipes that have been you know put in the ground the houses it's not like you're just going to abandon all of that because there's not enough people i feel like a lot of folks would try to take it upon themselves to make these infrastructures that were you know set continue working and it it wouldn't be like the one-to-one same quality but i feel like a lot of things could work and i i think that's why a lot of these like post-apocalyptic um stories um a lot of people stay in like these large metro areas just because they already have that kind of um setup yeah yeah but yeah we also uh... have it like i think another another reason why you know i i would assume would be if you have a city with you know ten thousand people in it you're gonna have more people surviving because there's just more people per square foot yeah You'll have you'll probably have more people surviving rural, but there's less people per mile. So you know, <laughs> yeah, the balance there is you've survived, but you don't know if you're immune or not. <laughs> yeah, true. Necessarily, just determined based on how often you come into contact with other people. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that was kind of just one of the um, the thoughts I had while reading this book yeah um, yeah one of the ones that jumped out to me is and granted this is just a product of it being written by a dude in 1949 is that like women are pretty much just kind of props in it um, yeah yeah i mean like, the only they'll, reason... they'll talk, they, they talk but they don't like there's not one that really stands out um, yeah it's not also attached to one of the, the menfolk yeah i mean yeah because like there's that one salesman that (laughs) that uh shows up uh by himself and initial like ish i think is like okay now you need to you need to leave there's not enough women for you he's like okay all right fine and then he shows up a few years later and he's got what like two or three women (laughs) yeah just kind of formed this little polycule out by himself in the wilderness somewhere yeah it's and i think it is a product of its time um yeah now on the plus side um and this would have been still illegal in the u.s at the time um like it doesn't uh like there's there's no like racially based like strife like the yeah. main character, the main character is, is uh, in a relationship with a black woman, and the, yeah, the main character is a white guy. Which in 1949, that's progressive as hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, though I don't even remember her name. That's I don't. She doesn't really have that big of a. Um... Uh, Emma, his his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, she just doesn't have that big of a presence in the. Um uh in the book unfortunately yeah i mean like from a purely like um scientific point of view they they pay a lot of attention to 
yeah, this person had this many children. And that's like the more children you have. Like they refer to her as the mother of nations because I think she's in, in their community had the most amount of kids to survive to adulthood. Yeah. And, Which is yeah. an interesting uh, bit there, I thought. Yeah, yeah, because it's it, it gets into that weird, like, well, women are just there to have the kids. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Um, but, so so one of the things that, that I found interesting, too, is that, like, when they go through and they do that big time jump to the year 22, mm-hmm. um, it just, it, it focuses on, you know, society moving on, and more and more, like, as the kids are growing up and becoming adults, um, I like how his his uh, his hammer is kind of his symbol of, of like, authority. Oh, yeah. Um, just because it's, it's one of the tools from the before times, right? Yeah. Though, a hammer's a very basic tool. Yeah, it is. It's, Cavemen used hammers. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe if it was a power drill, I'd be like, I, but like. Well, well, the thing with a hammer too is that like, what I was picturing is not like what you would make out in the wild. It's like, you know. Um, yeah i understand that but it's it's like a sledge with like like forged metal Um, yeah but it's still it's still a basic tool but it's it's like it's not what you would put on your belt like it's a big heavy hammer Um, yeah 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 but still like (laughs) hammers are kind of basic yeah um But, it's like, uh, do you remember the before time when we had these things that hammered in other things? Hammers. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's having to elide a lot, I think, too, uh, just given the nature of, of it, it being a book that's not, like, 3,000 pages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is um, kind of nice. It was a very quick read. Yeah it's it's a quick read it's it's very dense like there if you if you skim it there are things that that you'll miss here and there um yeah but i mean it's it's pretty straightforward too yeah you you know where it's going and it's a nice thought experiment it's definitely like interesting to kind of think about like what exactly would happen with um with this decline in um in population and it was interesting that it was very like pg yeah in a sense Mm -hmm. where there wasn't too much like strive like person to person strive and that escalated into like you know i there's a little bit in part two when the, the guy shows up and he's like he uh yeah yeah he 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 comes to the tribe and i think he either develops or he um exposes them to typhoid and he he also um is i think riddled with stds uh yeah and but i mean it wasn't graphic i don't remember it like no it's not graphic but it's um he's he's the one time where i think someone shows up and there's there's this like immediate like uh strife that that goes down in the tribe like he it, that that's the one instance i can think of just off the top of my head um mm. but yeah like a lot of it like you're saying is is focused more on surviving which again yeah. in part two, I think it's interesting seeing that um, the main character yeah, issues like you know his his goal initially is to make society work again because he wants to go back into society, and yeah. by part two, like towards the end of part two, I think um, once you know his son gets killed because of typhus, um, he's just like, well, this is good enough. 
like yeah. just getting people in bands together and like whatever life is is what life will be but there's no way that we can go back <laughs> like it's a pretty immediate switch yeah and i don't know i like i just i couldn't get behind that like idea again i don't think people would be as as quick as ish to abandon everything because like modern amenities are pretty nice yeah they are and and again i think it's because it's like the guys writing from the point of view of, of the power grid and the, the infrastructure of 1949. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause like if, if there's no one around to load the trucks or keep things cool, then yeah, like you're, you're not, you just don't have that. Um, yeah. But I think like some people would, you know, take it I mean, there themselves. were houses without, I mean, there are houses now without indoor plumbing, but like, you know, there were houses then without indoor plumbing frequently. Um, electricity yeah. less so, but like, you know, there were still houses that just didn't have electricity. Um, yeah, but like in, I think, major cities, they probably Yeah, yeah, major had, cities, like, yeah, they would. Running water and, you know, they um, also had, like, electricity. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. And then, then, you know, I, how long is the last section? It's, it's only like 20 pages or so. It's like, it's it's, not, and again, uh, it's, it's pretty much them just being like, well, we're, we're hunter gatherers now. We're going to find some berries, uh, shoot some deer with bows and arrows, and then we're going to move on to, you know, we're going to follow the pack, follow the animals. Yeah. Um, uh though it is interesting that like he does spend some time of talking about like how nature is kind of like resurged from the decline in a human population oh i uh let me so with with that like the the eerie thing with that to me is that right when the pandemic first happened and everyone's going into lockdown for the yeah like after the first like just few weeks um you yeah know, everything would walk around the apartment complex we were living in at the time and like you could hear more bugs out you could see mm-hmm. birds the sky at night was clearer because there wasn't there was as many people, people driving like yeah. people weren't driving um, people weren't, and a lot of yeah. people mentioned this a lot of people mentioned that like there were all of these improvements in in nature there was like um like a lot of the smog that um covered up um i think like parts of california dissipated just because you know there was this this respite from all of this pollution and um so yeah yeah. i can definitely see that aspect ringing true because i saw it in in a handful of weeks (laughs) yeah no no and i i believe i definitely believe that would happen i think i think it would really be um quick for for nature to like kind of recover well not quick but you could start telling like there would be a lot more animals in there um i think even in the book it mentions like how some of the livestock basically broke out and started you know becoming um wild yeah uh but but yeah and this is kind of the moment where i started thinking well not thinking but like um imagining a a world without humans because you know in the grand scheme of time of <laughs> life you know of our earth's life we as human beings have only been around for like like a very small percentage of the the actual livable earth's life and you know just talking theoretically we're probably the earth is going to be around longer than we're going to be around yeah and i wonder what what it's going to look like 
what's, you know, what is going to happen, what, um, what things are going to, um, transpire. And it's interesting, like, you know, it, it is something that, uh, just kind of prompted me to think. And, you know, I definitely appreciate a book that, like, actually that spurs that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, I do think that this this book does that. I think it does it well, where it gives you that opportunity to kind of, like, yeah. do some um, self-reflection. Yeah. Like, did you find that in the book? Yeah, yeah, no, like, it's, it's, I, I joked earlier about it being depressing. Like, it, it is depressing on some level, but it, it's, it reframes, I think, like before having lived so far through a pandemic um you know it, it would be the thing that that i think would make someone stop and and kind of refocus where their life was and be like does in the long run does this really matter what i'm what i'm worried about or what i'm doing right now and <laughs> yeah you know bring some sense of relief that way but um yeah, no, it's it's definitely a deeper book than its its length or I think what what we're talking about would would convey really. Um, yeah, yeah, and I know that we haven't like we've only um, like we've just scratched or, like there's touched. a lot of information that gets relayed in this. Um, I will say just from uh, like on on more of a comedic note, I want to know how fucking old ish is uh, by the end of the book uh, because he he does like the implication i think is is that by the end of the book he he is dead um yeah i mean and, and the thing is like i feel like without modern medicine I'm sure he's probably not sticking around too long. Yeah, no, I mean, he is the longest living person in, in their tribe for sure. But they, um, it, it, I think it's hilarious, though, when he, so, so earlier I said he has a son that, that dies from typhus in the year 22, right? Mm -hmm. In the last part, when he's old and, like, forgetful of people's names and stuff like that, um, we're introduced to someone and he keeps calling him John and this guy is a full grown adult and his, he, he consistently responds with that's my father's father's name. So he's talking to his great grandson who is an adult. Yeah. <laughs> How old is this guy? Is, is he 120? I mean, yeah. And like, like he's, he's, you know he doesn't really know where he is like his his jobs kind of become relax in the sun grandpa yeah um that's about it <laughs> maybe, maybe he's he's blessed by some higher power to live through yeah. all of this yeah i mean it is a very like um it's it's not a it's not a work of christian literature i mean I you can see this. the the like symbolisms in it with like yeah, noah's flood and then trying to like repopulate the earth yeah like there there are very um like biblical themes and i mean how the the name of the the book is from um i have it written down here somewhere one second big uh, lebowski no 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 it's so it's from ecclesia <laughs> Uh, chapter one verse four and it's it's men go and come but the earth abides oh i did not know that is where the 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 title comes from and so like it is influenced very heavily by um you know christian theology which i mean you kind of have to would have to expect it being science fiction from 1949 yeah a lot of those like people who wrote were kind of religious pilled yeah i well i and and again i think again being being 1949 and having it explicitly be like um 
Yeah, we're gonna have a guy in a polycule. We're gonna have interracial marriage. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. all that, all that shit. None of that matters. Um, this is just people getting by. Like, I think that's extremely progressive for night. Yeah, I think so I'll too. I'll take that as a win. <laughs> yeah, know? I'll definitely take that as a win. But, but yeah, I, it's 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 interesting how like some sci-fi dips its toes into like religion, and then thinks it's. A religious or a religion all in itself yeah i'm looking at you hubbard <sighs> <laughs> what, what year was say, uh well i just want to say um i i will push back heavily if you ever say we need to cover an l ron hubbard work i don't <laughs> want those people to get any sort of platform um, i don't even i couldn't even name a hubbard uh a title if my, I mean, Battlefield uh, Earth is the one that comes to mind. He he wrote a lot. Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. What was Battlefield? Yeah. Did they make that into a movie? They did. Uh, the Church of Scientology made it and everything, and it's yeah. it's a tr terrible trash fire. Oh, is what's his face in it? Um, John Travolta. No, um, other guy who's um Scientologist. Uh, no, the guy John who runs Bruce. funny. Okay. Yeah, Tom Cruise is not in it, but John Travolta is. Is he a Scientologist as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. I'm surprised uh, Will Smith wasn't in it at the time because he was a uh, a Scientologist person. That, yeah, he was a pretty big star at that time. I mean, is Scientology still a thing? Like, are people going and like testing out their like pH balances and stuff like that? I don't know. Uh, I know it's not the, pH balance. So. The <laughs> level is what you're thinking of. Yeah, I mean, no, there's some people. I don't know what they claim um, their numbers are. Uh, they're yeah. extremely litigious. Um, uh, but we're going on a tangent. We're going on a tangent. Anyway. Um, yeah, around 40,000 people worldwide. That's not that many. It really isn't, considering how many buildings they have in different cities. Hmm. Although I was watching a documentary, and apparently a lot of those are just empty shells. Like, there's one person in an entire building. Um, Gosh. If I had that kind of money just to buy a building to put one person in. I'd have yeah, a dance they blackmailed the, uh, they allegedly blackmailed the IRS to get their um, uh, religious exemption. Oh, okay. Huh. They uh, again allegedly had people um, infiltrate the the IRS. Like so spies. There's a yeah. Like if you um, there's a there's a um, uh, they, there's a, a, a running joke that if your if your taxes were processed between like. 1975 to like 1990 there's a good chance that a scientologist uh process huh. taxes <laughs> there's you know, a non-zero chance that that happened apparently this is a gripe this is a, a a far off gripe talking about taxes but isn't it some bullshit like that the government knows how much you owe them but they yes. make you like fill out like paperwork and do homework to like come yeah. up with that number it's like i really wish it was like other countries where they would just go okay this is what we have this is what record is making um this is what you owe us please enclose a check and mail it back post haste yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> sounds Don't good to me instead of making me like gas and be like filling out a bunch of like you know formulas and being like well should i take the itemized them up deduction or standard deduction but you know i i had a car that broke down and you know, <laughs> and if i do it wrong then they're like nope try again and then i'm like well <laughs> what am i supposed to do yeah <laughs> but but that's 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 stewart's random break <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Yeah, so I think that's about it that I have for this. Is there anything else you have for, for uh, Are you saying once we get into the tax talk when we've completely yeah, gone far away from the book, you're like, well, yeah. let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> once we start talking about Scientology. Talking about taxes. We're, we're, we're probably, we can move on. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I had this really important point that I wanted to talk about the book. Okay. No, I, I have nothing. Um, I, I mean, I I enjoyed the book. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like. So, I saw that it had all these because you know when you get the book, it's like this book is you know. Uh, Stephen King says this is a great book and things, and yeah. I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm in poor wild ride, but like, I, I felt like it. I mean, it was good, but I've read better, and maybe it's just because it's yeah. like the the date when it was written. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like, I. Uh, other people who explored this like um, thought process, this uh, particular um, vein, and like I'm, I'm happy for what it did in its time and how it was, it was progressive and how it was kind of inclusive or yeah, inclusive. Um, but it. It was hard for me to um, to get behind it with some of the um, points that I made at the beginning. Just like I don't think people would be that um, quick to to abandon everything. Yeah. And then you know it it does kind of get a little slow in the reading process kind of in the middle um it's kind of funny you mentioned about like skimming things it's like yeah i could definitely see somebody like skimming through this and being like okay i get the gist of it i will say the interludes are helpful in between um the first and second part where they're where they're like talking about what happened in certain years Mm -hmm. yeah to kind of like show yeah this is how the community's growing and this year uh some guy fell off a ladder and broke his ankle yeah, so, and I, I don't think it's do a bad book. That year. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a bad book at all. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a uh, fantastic book. I think, like I said, that there's other books that have, like, you, because it did make me think. It made me think at the very end and kind of have a um, self-reflection, but, like, the stand, like, made me feel if you know what i'm kind of like getting at like it, it definitely um and and maybe it's because i really like stephen king but um it it had me more invested a little bit okay yeah but but again like i don't think that this is a a bad book at all I think it is a decent book, but but yeah, I would probably recommend other books before recommending gotcha. this book. So is this what about like you? a C then or a D? I give it I'll give it a C plus. Okay. Yeah. That's not too far off what I what I would uh, give it because I, I I gave it just a middle of the road B. Um, yeah. I can see how it's important, but like you said, I think that there's. Uh, more more nuanced more um relevant takes to our current times mm -hmm. yeah know? and and maybe that's um, it maybe it's you know it's which is because fine. I mean, yeah sometimes you know things become a little dated and it's nice to revisit those things but like it's again it's hard to suspend your disbelief when when technology is, there's such a, a wide gap in technology. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it's from 1949. It, it would be shocking if, if we were like, wow, this feels like it was just written yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. um, even though, you know, the stand was written in the seventies, it's a little bit closer. And, and, you know, he, he did a, um, uh, an updated, uh, copy in like the early 90s sometimes so like it's it's a little bit closer to our current times i'm, I'm sure if there was a post-apocalyptic book written next week we would recommend it <laughs> as well you know <laughs> yeah but uh yeah cool so um that being that uh the next book in the book club is your pick and we'll be reading 2009's uh jake adelstein's uh non-fiction book called tokyo vice yeah this is yeah, the first really non-fiction that we've read which there's a reason for that um <laughs> i think honestly uh having read it before it's it's narrativized very well so yes yes i think it's it's well well narrativized and um it was actually a recommendation from you um you actually gave me the book to read over a trip and like i really enjoyed it um i mean it's just it's yeah it talks about the um uh the underbelly of uh tokyo Mm -hmm. and um it it's funny because it has a very um it's well written and I feel like it's it's that kind of well written where you could see it becoming a show or a movie. Uh, so there is Which a show. It um, is, yeah. We we won't be covering it because in the shuffle of HBO, Warner Brothers, all that stuff, I can't find a copy of it. Like I can't find it on streaming, and I can't find it um, like hard copy. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like disappeared from the ether so um yeah if you want to send us a copy (laughs) and we can look at that i remember seeing ads for it but it just um yeah ever since warner brothers got bought out by discovery and they've been deleting things i think it's one of the casualties of of that merger ah that's sad like uh, old sesame street episodes yeah. <laughs> Poor Sesame Street. Uh, so yeah, we'll be talking about that. Um, and then next, you and I will be talking about uh, Katsuhiro Otomo's um, anthology film called Memories. Yeah. Which would be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, with that, we'll see you guys next time. See y'all. Bye. Bye.